Hi, and welcome to episode 38 of Walk to Work. So today I'd like to talk uh, about femur heads. Uh, I have a blog post that I've been writing for ages and ages. Uh, this is called uh, Dancing on the Head of a Femur, um, which originally stemmed from um, a mini private uh, I was giving to a friend of mine. And they asked me, hey, Greg, how do I know if I'm off my femur heads? Uh, and that's kind of an interesting question um, for a variety of reasons, one of which is that uh, I have uh, several answers for that. Uh, I can't quite remember what the specific answer was uh, for um, uh, uh, my student in that case. Um, but more generally, uh, it probably fitted in one of the range of answers I have. And so before getting to that range of answers, uh, I guess we can first address, um, well, first what femur heads are, uh, why would we want to be off the, on them, um, why we would ever be off them, uh, and then we can address how we can know whether we're on and off and how we can improve that. So uh, femurs, they, they, they come up from our knees, and they join in our pelvis. Um, and often we have, often people have relatively limited um, anatomical knowledge of that. And I'll get later to why that's relevant. Uh, but so if you, if you trace your femur up and you kind of put your hand where your pockets would be, you'll find there's a bony bit. And that bony bit is part of your femur. You can convince yourself of that uh, by lifting uh, one leg up. And you'll see that the, the bony bit moves with your leg. Uh, if you go higher up to uh, kind of where your a uh, little bit way above your belt would be uh, to uh, the top of your waist, that's the iliac crest and that's part of the pelvis and that doesn't move so much uh, or can not move uh, when you lift your leg up. And so one bit is part of your femur, uh, one bit is part uh, of your pelvis. And so that knobbly bit there is the greater trochanter. Um, from the greater trochanter, the femur curves uh, inwards, so almost diagonally inwards, to join your pelvis, um, where the pelvis part, the part of the pelvis it joins is a ball and socket joint, and the socket part is called the acetabulum. And the acetabulum is um, relatively close to the sit bone, so it's about sit bone width apart. Um, and it works out mostly as about two fists. So it's relatively far inside uh, your body um, and inside uh, the, the, especially relative to the kind of outside of your body uh, where the greater trochanter is. Uh, and so that's about two, widths, uh, two, fist width, two fists uh, apart. So kind of a, a good standing position, position for your feet um, to, to have that stackedness is also about two fists widths and so those two fifths widths are between the middles of your feet so it works out that you have about one fist uh, between your feet um, and then front to back it's about uh, middlewards maybe a little bit frontward uh, not entirely yeah a little bit frontward I guess um, uh, and then top to bottom, if you create the crease, like by squatting down or by lifting your leg up, you can put your hand all the way as far as it will go inside the crease. Uh, and that's the, the kind of vertical level 
uh, where that uh, where that joint is. And so uh, the femur uh, then has kind of a, a from the greater trochanter has a bit of a neck. I'm not sure if it's neck is the word it's called in in English. Uh, that's uh, the part of the femur that uh, people uh, often break, and that's a pretty bad part of uh, your bone of your body to break. And that's when you have to have uh, hip replacements. Uh, and then the, uh, the, the head of the femur creates this ball uh, and it fits on the socket. Uh, and you can imagine if your head, uh, if you roll your head down, you'll uh, see that you can roll it all the way down. And then your head is kind of, you don't need to use muscles, uh, just your head, not the rest of your spine. You don't need to move, uh, use muscles because it's kind of held on by ropes or tethered. I'm going to call that tethered. Uh, and then as you raise it up, you kind of have to use muscles, have to use muscles, have to use muscles. And then as you reach kind of the poised point of your head, your muscles can relax, can relax, can relax. And you can find a balance point uh, for your head that doesn't use muscles. And there is basically where your head is using, I mean, it is using muscles and sinews and fascia and all sorts of things to stay up there. And is using micro adjustments to stay up there. But uh, a great part of that stackedness is that your head is stacked on top of your spine and that you're using, to a large extent, transfer through the skeleton of your body as opposed to through other parts. Uh, and the same thing happens with uh, your femurs, except you have two of them. So when you're standing two-footed uh, with your feet uh, about femur head width apart, which is narrower than shoulder width, which we often stand, um, your... Um, uh, pelvis can be nicely stacked uh, on top of your femur heads. And then because you have a ball joint, that means your pelvis has mobility in, in all directions. And that's part of uh, being able to have a lot of, of movement in the, in the pelvis. Um, and also because of that, you can then get kind of a feeling of floating uh, on top of your femurs. Um, and this can be contrasted with if you take kind of a waiting for the bus position with your hips sticking kind of out and maybe slightly diagonally back. Um, that can be super stable because you've tethered um, your, your position onto a standing leg and then you're kind of tied on uh, with ligaments and tendons. Uh, and then you, so it's, it's, it's a restful position, it's a stable position, but it's not a position that's ready to movement. Because from there, if you want to move, you kind of have to free yourself up, relax some muscles, and then you're ready to move. And so you have to engage muscles in order to even be ready to, 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 to move. And so the reason we want to be uh, uh, on our femur heads is basically because it's a relatively stable position you have a little bit of muscles that they keep having to fire and stabilize and so you're, you're never perfectly um, stable but you're dynamically stable you have muscles that are sort of making tiny micro adjustments uh, keeping you upright uh, and generally uh, allowing your skeleton to do the the bulk of the work um, and when you're on one leg this is even uh, more important, it's, slight, it's a little bit different because you have a whole kind of center of mass adjusting uh, to be above the femur head and possibly above the femur head uh, and above uh, your foot. Uh, and so there's a bit of adjustment going on there. Uh, but the, the, the principle is the same. When you're on one leg, you can be kind of off your femur head all the way and tethered. You can be off your femur head a little bit and then you have to engage muscles to compensate for the fact that um, 
your skeleton isn't doing the bulk of the work. Muscles are doing more of the work. And so you're engaging your pelvic floor, you're engaging your psoas, you're engaging your hip flexors. Um, and that means that you're kind of holding on. And kind of in my imagination, it's, there's a kind of holding on for dear life this, uh, of that I kind of don't enjoy very much. Um, and this holding on means that you're slightly off balance in one of the directions. And so it means that moving further off balance in that direction is easy. And moving slightly off balance uh, in that direction, in, in, uh, uh, in moving in other directions, you kind of have to come to the point of stability or you have to force yourself around that point of stability in order to go in any other direction. Uh, and so being on uh, your femur head on one leg uh, is the balance place where you're ready to take a step uh, in uh, any direction with relatively little effort. Um, so why this is useful for dancing? It's useful for solo dancing because it's uh, the, the range of movement to your body uh, and it's kind of best using uh, your body to accomplish movement. Um, and this kind of a minimal effort is correlated with good movement. Not because it is minimal effort necessarily, um, but just it, it seems to be using the, the body in a way that works. Uh, and then for, for partner dancing, if you're leading... Uh, in dances where you're leading um, uh, steps uh, or leading axis changes, um, it's really useful to be able to uh, clearly uh, be on an axis or another axis, be on one foot or another foot. Um, and that's usually, although not always, going to be uh, with you being um, on your femur head um, and on uh, the, the appropriate leg or foot. Uh, and that's going to be clear because you're not going to have any extra muscle tone that is preoccupied with uh, keeping you standing but slightly off balance um, because that extra muscle tone is going to be felt by your partner. It's just going to be confusing because it's telling a more complicated story. The I'm slightly uh, off my femur head and I'm compensating with a bunch of muscles for this is much more complicated of a story than I'm nicely poised on top of my femur head and ready to step in any direction. Because then the ready to step in any direction, you'll feel the beginning of the step in any of those directions is going to be a slight change, but a very clear, uh, unmuddied change. Um, and when you're following, so uh, one way of following, if you're going to be following weight shifts, uh, is to mimic uh, muscle tone. Uh, and so if you feel someone's muscle tone transferring from their standing leg and then you can feel the standing leg is carrying the pelvis over to a new position and to a new standing leg, you can just carry your pelvis over in a, in a very similar way. And if you're not following weight sh changes, uh, two things, you can perceive uh, the weight shifts in the other person's body uh, and it would be easier to perceive for you um, if you have clarity, if they're nicely on their femur heads and have clarity about their movement. And it will also be easier for you uh, as a neutral position to be on your femur head and then to be ready to move in any direction. Uh, and as part of it uh, is also useful sort of if I'm not on my femur head. So if you stand sort of two-footed with your feet apart in an A, um, your, body is kind of, your legs are kind of creating a triangle uh, and that triangle is very stable and you're not you're kind of on your femur head, but also you're not because you can't from there really lift uh, one foot up easily. You have to transfer all the way over. 
but the nice thing is that then if I do lift my foot up, whoop, the, the result is very predictable. I'm going to lift my foot up, I'm going to fall over, I'm going to put my foot back down again and stand on it. Um, and so you can also use being slightly off the femur head as kind of an indication of this is the direction we're going. And it might take us more or less time to go that direction, but it would be confusing if I'm on my left uh, femur head, if I go slightly off it towards the right, the, the, the natural place I'm going from there is going to step on my right foot. And so if I'm in a off my femur head falling right or controlledly stepping right, the place that's expected is that I go right. And it's not expected that you would from there kind of go forward because that would be kind of a little bit weird. You're simultaneously saying, hey, there's some off balanceness to the right, but no, instead I'm stepping forward. Uh, and you can do that and you can achieve some really interesting effects with that, but it's not the, the default I would go to. Uh, anyways, yes, that's why you would want to be on uh, your femur heads. And the reasons you would be off your femur heads is, well, one, in everyday life, a lot of people are used to a tethered position. So two tethers, the one with the hip really sticking out and slightly to the back. Uh, and the other one is with the pelvis slid forward. Uh, and you're kind of hanging on to the, 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 the ligaments at the front and using them as tethers to not fall over. Uh, and these tethered positions, they're very stable, but they're not useful for... Uh, movement. Um, the other reason uh, is when we're standing two-footed we tend to A-frame a little bit and again really useful for standing two-footed and being stable definitely what you want when you're standing up on public transport not so much what you want uh, when you're dancing because when you're two-footed well you're not on one foot and being very clearly on one foot um, makes dancing a lot, uh, makes partner dancing a lot easier to, to make happen in many cases. Um, also, because then when you're clearly on one foot, you can completely relax the other leg. As soon as you get off your femur head, whoop, you start carrying tone in your pelvic floor and you start carrying tone in the free leg as well. Uh, and that uh, removes possibilities. Uh, and so this stability that we get from the tethered and from the uh, A-frame uh, is um, one of the reasons, main reasons, why people are not on their femur heads uh, is because being on the femur head is kind of this untethered, ever so slightly unstable position to be in. Um, and I think people often experience it a little bit as if um, you have a cone. And so the top of the cone, the cone's inverted, so there's a pointy bit at the top. And you're balancing on this pointy bit at the top. And you can imagine balancing on the pointy bit at the top of something. It's really, really easy to fall off. Uh, and because our legs are kind of long and narrow, we think of uh, the femur head as being kind of this very unstable thing to be on top of. But actually, because of the way that the ball and socket joint works, because of the way the pelvic floor works, because of the way uh, the femur works, um, being on top of your femur head is rather like being on top of an inverted bowl. So if you're right on top of an inverted bowl um, and you move off a little bit, you only need the slightest micro-adjustment to come back again. Um, and rather than feel like, oh, if I move off, it's going to be really difficult. It's if, I'm going to, if I move off, it's going to be really easy to relax back on again because that's the one where I get to release uh, and use less effort. Uh, and so it's almost as if the inverted bowl was actually not inverted and you can imagine it actually being the, the other way around 
uh, and that you have uh, that you the, the bowl is not inverted, and therefore if you place uh, your ball a ball inside the bowl, well, it wants to go to the position of le least energy, and so you have a downward um, natural uh, physical response to go towards that point of balance, uh, and that point of balance. You have to micro-adjust from it, but it is quite stable. And you have to move away from it quite a bit before you're actually off balance. And the same thing with the bowl. Uh, imagine you can make micro-adjustments with your fingertips, uh, with the tip of your little finger, and you have a ball on top of a bowl. If the ball moves off a little bit, you can just nudge it back with your little finger. And you can do tiny amounts of work with your little finger and just keep it there. And it's only when it moves away quite a bit that you start getting to the steep bit and your little finger is no longer up to the task uh, of bringing it back again. I don't know if that really helps as a metaphor. It's one I've kind of been playing with recently. And it still makes me feel a little bit unstable on my femur heads rather than stable. And I think that's the, the main reason that people don't go onto their femur heads by default is A, it's not functional for everyday life, uh, although it's very good for walking, very good for running, um, very good for basically anything that's movement. Uh, so people who do a lot of movement, uh, play a lot of sports, tend to often be uh, nicely poised on their femur heads. Um, but it, it's not so good for, it, it feels uncomfortable for stability, and that's the reason I think often that people uh, aren't there. And also because, so that's one of the reasons, stability, it feels slightly unstable, that's why you're not there. Another of the reasons you might not be there is um, poor awareness of where that joint is in your body. Often people place it slightly more outside, and so when they think of being stacked on one side, they're slightly stacked off their femur head because they think of, the, uh, of that point as being more outside than it really is. Uh, and I guess the last one um, is... Uh, oh, what was it? Oh yeah, just habit. Uh, your ha if your habit is not being on your femur head, then being on your femur head is going to feel weird. I remember the first times I was very clearly on my femur heads. Um, I'd kind of found the side-to-side -side part and I was having trouble with the front and back uh, and a teacher helped me with the front-backness of it. And all of a sudden, it was like, you know those floaty um, magnet things. So you, you uh, yes, you take a spinning top that's magnetic and you put it on a magnet and then you take away the support and all of a sudden it's levitating. And I kind of got that freedom of levitating but in place all of a sudden. It was really weird how stable and yet how moving it was. Uh, and so just that weirdness is something people will tend to, uh, to, to, to be scared of. Um, and so I guess that brings us to um, how to know whether, how to be on your femur heads. So um, part of the way that we, we teach that, that we teach movement, uh, is uh, teaching the body where the femur head is. So you can do kind of uh, tick-tock, uh, Susie Cuey motions uh, with your leg, and that's the ball rotating in place and the femur kind of rotating around its axis. Or you can take your knee and make it draw uh, circles with, um, uh, you stand on one leg and you make the knee draw circles with the, the free leg. And that free leg is again, this time the whole ball is rotating inside the acetabulum. And the center of, that rot of those rotations is um, where the femur head is. Uh, and that gives you an idea of where that point of balance is and gives your body that idea. You can also tap around that area 
uh, vibrate around that area, uh, like doing shaking. Um, and you can also just figure it out where it is in your body and uh, touch it with your fingers. Although digging down into the acetabulum is a little bit challenging because uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, various kinds of tissues between your skin and your acetabulum. But you can, you can poke at it uh, or poke through to it uh, and that works out well enough. Um, another thing we can do is um, learning to stand on one leg and relax and release the tone uh, in uh, the pelvic floor. So release the standing leg uh, and just see where the point of balance is and uh, see how much more tone uh, we can release uh, and just let the body kind of be carried by gravity into that lowest point uh, of, uh, of stability. Uh, and then it's just a sort of uh, practice and figuring out where you, uh, uh, where you are. If you tend to carry tone in your pelvic floor, that helps you be slightly off your femur head. Uh, and I think that's also the thing is that this rele releasing tone that you kind of think is necessary for standing up uh, is also super scary. Uh, and so you can just hold on to something or be somewhere where falling over doesn't actually matter very much. Uh, and allow yourself to relax, to, uh, to release tone, to release some more tone, um, and just see, oh, ha, huh, how about that? I didn't fall over. I still didn't fall over. Wee, that's nice. Um, and how you can know you're on your femur heads. Um, well, you can, you can know what that feeling is like and kind of be like, do I have that feeling? And you can see how well you... Um, uh, have how much of a free leg you have. And if you discover, oh, my free leg isn't actually very free, that's a good indication that you're not on your femur head because you're carrying tone in your pelvic floor that's affecting your free leg. Um, and when you're on your femur head, you're able to relax that free leg. You're also able to relax uh, the pelvis in all directions. So you can allow the pelvis to be horizontal, but you can also allow the uh, free side of the pelvis to drop down a little bit. And because it's pivoting around a stable on top of your femur head, uh, this won't affect your balance. Um, that's a good indication. Uh, when you're leading and following, that one's a tricky one, especially so when you're leading, you can tell you're on your femur head uh, because uh, you're super stable and you're not causing your partner to fall over in any way and you're not having to keep them up. Or even if you are help, having to help them balance, you can do it without affecting your own balance. Um, and you'll find that your, your leading of weight shift is super clear uh, and you don't end up two-footed. If you find that your partner is ending up two-footed when you're leading, it's maybe that uh, you're not clearly on your femur heads. And so they're following you very cleanly and they're also not being on their femur head, which means that they're slightly two-footed. Um, I tend to teach following as round up to a femur head or round down to a femur head and be on the femur head that you think your lead wants you to be on. Uh, and I know um, Jess, uh, who's much better at following for one than I am, uh, doesn't do that and deliberately doesn't do that in her dancing. Uh, so I'm not sure if this rounding up to the nearest femur head is a good idea or a bad one. Uh, but that's also the thing while following. One of the things you can do is round up to the nearest femur head and do that quite aggressively and use your upper body and spine rotation to adjust with it that will help you practice being on your femur head. And it'll also, because otherwise the stress of following 
uh, often, um, especially with less experienced leads, is you're like, I don't know what foot he wants me to be on. I'm going to be super two-footed and reactive so that I can quickly jump onto the foot that actually I was supposed to be on. Um, and that one, it can help, but it can also make you feel very unleadable, um, depending on who you're dancing with. Uh, and if it helps, that's good. But if you can get away with not doing that, that's also good because then you're training uh, not standing on both, um, not standing two-footedly. Uh, yeah, so femur heads, um, we use them because that's how we use the skeleton to be stacked. Uh, when we're on them, it feels very free, as if the pelvis was kind of surfing uh, or floating uh, on top of uh, our legs. Uh, and it works both when we're on two feet uh, and when we're on one foot. Um, it's good for solo movement, but it's also particularly good for lead follow partner dancing. Uh, reasons we're not on our femur heads tend to be that we don't live on our femur heads in everyday life. And so we, don't have, we haven't got the practice of that sensation uh, of what it's like to be on our femur head. Um, because releasing that extra tone that we tend to usually carry and that we sort of consider necessary for standing up is scary. Uh, and because in a lead follow situation, um, the way that we try to make up for our partner's uh, uh, deficiencies is not the, 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 for the difficulties that we have in partnering. And we, there's always going to be slight difficulties in partnering. There, there's no such thing as a perfect leader and a perfect follower. The, the difficulties that we make up for in partnering, it seems like a good idea to not be on our femur heads because then we're two-footed and kind of more ready to... Uh, to, to make things happen. Uh, but actually being on our femur head is the clearer place to be and is uh, the, um, uh, it's clearer and it is more ready for movement. And that's the, 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 the important part. Uh, so we have to get over this sort of uh, natural tendency to not be on our femur heads to make up uh, for partnering issues rather than uh, the more effective being on our femur head to make up for partnering issues. Um, and then how to find our femur head, so proprioception, both uh, in our mind, knowing where the femur head is, and in our body, moving our leg around that femur head and kind of feeling where that center is and imagining that as our point of balance. Um, uh, imagining our pelvis kind of surfing on top of that femur head uh, and acknowledging that it's going to be in a place Maybe that's unfamiliar and so will feel weird or even feel uh, frightening. Um, and then knowing when we're on our femur head, um, well, we can know because we just are on it. And then kind of the uncertainty. Uh, yeah, oh, that's the thing I didn't mention. Uh, and I think was actually maybe the, the, one of the issues uh, that I was talking with. person knew that they were supposed to be on their femur heads and they weren't on their femur heads. Um, but uh, hadn't had maybe enough training of how to be on the femur heads. And so the question of how do I know I'm not on my femur head is kind of one as much of a moral panic as it is of um, uh, actual stress in a kind of, you have to be on your femur heads, you have to stand up straight. And like, I don't know what standing up straight or being on my femur heads feels like, but I know I ought to do it, so I'm stressed out about it. Um, 
it's a little bit easy to say that that's not a productive line of thought because it's a very normal line of thought that people tend to have. Oh, I have to have my shoulders in the right position. Oh, I should do this. I should do that. Um, but the the answer is frustrating and simple at the same time. Uh, you'll get on your femur heads if you practice it because that's a good place for you to be when dancing. Um, and you'll know you're on your femur heads because you'll find that dancing works out very easily for you. Uh, and then you'll know that you're not on your femur heads because you're stressing out about it. Um, uh, and also because, uh, so the, the, the more obvious signs, the actual kind of diagnostics, uh, finding easy, leading and following very easy tells you that you're on your femur heads. Finding leading and following quite challenging tells you that maybe you're carrying more tone across your pelvic floor uh, and you're not quite on your femur heads. Um, oh yeah, also when you're dancing small versus dancing big, uh, people tend to be very scared about moving their pelvises. Uh, and so then they feel that any movement the pelvis has to be very big and has to involve falling off your femur head completely. Um, and so that's learning to make the pelvic movement be the size and body range that your body currently has uh, is a way of staying on your femur heads and feeling that when you're doing hip movement, suddenly you've reached the end of a tether and you can't move anymore, and you're having to force through it, uh, that's a sign that you're off your femur heads. Yeah, uh, try those things out. Um, we use this, uh, exten I use this extensively uh, in my teaching, both without talking about femur heads uh, for beginners, and with talking about femur heads for more advanced dancers, uh, because I think it's the main skill in leading and following that's needed, and that's one of why I consider it. Uh, super important, uh, even though I would not want to stress anyone out uh, because they're like, am I on my femur heads? I don't know. I know I'm supposed to be. Uh, no need to stress out about it. But if you want some tips, come find me. Uh, I'm always happy to help people with this. Uh, let me know how it works out for you. Let me know if you use femur heads in your dancing, in your teaching, if you've never heard of this. Um, yeah, curious to see, to know uh, you folks' experiences. Uh, I will see you next time. Until then, take care.